0: Hello and welcome to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast produced by Tell Me Studios for Aleph Insights. In this series of podcasts, we take a look at interesting topics and discuss what we think they tell us about analysis and decision-making. I'm Fraser McGrewer and I'm here with Nick Hare and Peter Coghill of Aleph Insights and this week we're celebrating the recent summer solstice. So, uh, Tell Me Peter... Are we in the middle of summer or has summer just started?
1: Well, I suppose it really depends on how you classify it, which I suppose is what we're here to try and work out. But um, I I remember it reminds me uh, of being at school uh, and my my brief army career that summer always started the 1st of May. Irrespective of the weather, um, and always ended sometime um, at the end of September, uh, and well, that, that meant several things. It meant that you had to roll your sleeves up, and, no matter how cold it was, and it meant that the, the summer, the, the, the heating turned off, no matter how how cold it was, and then and, and then at the end of the summer, the heating went back on, no matter how warm it was, even sort of if it's still August temperatures in September. So it was, um, but it was it's kind of a necessary a necessary way of parceling time up because these were big. central heating systems that had to be turned on and off once otherwise it would get too complicated um so i think that's that's really um what i think that's hints at why we parcel time up
0: as we do i think the the Hold hold on hold on hold on hold on hold on so has summer just started or are you in the middle of it
1: I'm, well I'm trying to evade your question because um <laughs> it certainly doesn't feel terribly summery. It's quite sort of uh, uh sort of cool and and uh humid today. Um That's still not an answer. <laughs> so so I, would say, I? I would say I would say I I say that we 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 are climatically not in summer, um, but we are we are uh, in a calendar sense we are in in summer. Okay.
2: Maybe meteorologically we're not in summer, but climatically we are.
0: But I don't okay I know what I think which is we're right in the middle of summer. That's what I think. So look, here we go. Let's do this another way, provocatively and uh, contentiously and controversially I'm going to say to you we are in the middle of summer right now. If you like, I don't- no. <laughs> no, no. No, 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 no. We are.
2: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Fraser, do you also do you also hold the view that midnight is actually the middle of the night?
0: Um no, I don't. No. Sorry, you're looking confused Peter. You're looking you're looking uncertain. Um so look okay tell me I suppose my my uncertainty comes from well does it really matter and why does
1: it matter so much to you Fraser? I mean that the, the the I think the the these these words summer midnight midday noon they're all quite old words. I mean, they 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 and they're they're useful ways of referring to parts of time and yeah. sections of time that we've had for a while. And and summer would ha- has connotations for the the reaping of the harvest and for. Being outside and you know being able to enjoy a bit more freedom than you would have in the winter when you'd be cowling in your cave and 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 trying to stay out of the cold, mm. so I think that they, 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 they what they are I think are usefully ambiguous ways of referring to pieces of time and they're ambiguous um, the, the the useful ambiguous bit comes from they are. They're, suit- they're suitably sort of woolly at either end mm. that you can that you, you don't cause you don't need to be any more accurate than that. Sure. So the 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 saying "I'll meet you at noon" mm. um, when being you know, a time before we had watches, that was probably around about enough accuracy to accurately meet somebody because you could and you could judge noon by the, the 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 position of the sun and all sorts of sort of um, very physical things. Mm um so i think the, 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 the that but we 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 hold on to them because they still they still have a utility for being quite sort of um being quite sort of woolly ways of referring to time okay so yeah, sorry i just
2: so it's worth saying of course as peter is fully aware but uh that these things all have very precise scientific definitions so midsummer is the point at which uh the earth is uh in the northern hemisphere is is tilted uh as far towards the sun as it's as it's going to be and, and midwinter is when it's tilted the furthest away and the spring and autumn equinoxes are, are the points at which it's sort of halfway between yeah. those two things um likewise um you know uh, I mean re- at least originally a-, a month was a phase of the m- a total uh, rotation of the moon around the earth um, you know a week would uh, once upon a time have, have, have been defined in terms of being a quarter of a month and um, all of these things have precise definitions, and, uh, but, but the, the, the real question is how, how do our woolly definitions line up? And the extent to which we should use the scientific precise definitions or the woolly definitions, because I'm, I'm with Peter when it comes to summer, um, it's ludicrous to suggest that the 21st of June is the middle of summer. That's just clearly bonkers. Summer, you know, summer, uh, it must, must include uh, August, it just absolutely has to. You can't ha- you can't have a definition of summer which excludes August. How can you have if everyone has a summer holiday in August? How can you have a definition of summer which doesn't include it? It's mad. The and we know that there are four seasons, uh right? We've You're so irrational kind of- sometimes. So 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 they have and each season it makes sense to say that each one is 3 months long. So so I think it makes my my personal definition is uh, it completely just involves months and uh, june july or august is summer um march april may that's spring that
0: works perfectly look the reality is i think we all probably agree with each other here i remember being very disappointed recently i think it was the first of june i was put the heating on and i was just desperately unhappy about that but such is the lot of you know we have in life if you're born if you live in england um and also i got really annoyed with facebook recently when when it was the summer solstice and you maybe had the same thing on your news on your feed and it was congratulations or celebrate here we are the first day of summer and I was just so angry. Um, were, you, were you angry because it was raining outside? I was angry for different reasons, uh, for a number of reasons. One of them was because it was raining outside. Um, secondly, um, the Facebook um, notification came with a really nice picture of, uh, or, or a cartoon of people sunbathing outside and on the beach, and and that was just really contrasted with, um, you know, the reality. So that's the first reason. The second reason was, no, it's not the first day of the summer. The first day of summer is right at the beginning of June, Two, And then three, I don't like this kind of um, cultural imperialism, um, which comes with it with this sort of saccharine, hey, isn't life great? You know, it might be great if you live on the west coast of America. Oh, well, it's very dystopian, I, isn't it?
1: I, I think you're reading too much into this, Fred. No, I think you need to not,
0: not let this wind you up so much. <laughs> I just need to let it go a little let bit. Let it go. I mean... Okay, so let's move on. So look, what we're talking about here really is classification, right? Um, But one of the things that you said I think was quite interesting, Nick, was you have your own personal classification system. And this sort of, you know, whatever these methods are around, they don't necessarily tie in with your own personal classification system. So uh, what can we build on from there? What can we, you know, either Nick or Peter, what do we take from that?
1: well i think uh, the, the 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 um these precise scientific definitions are quite a recent addition um and the indeed the the uh standardization of the gregorian calendar was is, is uh not not that was not that long ago indeed actually in in japan they only re, they only adopted the gregorian calendar in I think it was 1868, mm-hmm. so very recent. Peter, recently, Peter
2: the, the builders of Stonehenge might disagree that <coughs> it's a recent addition.
1: Wait, what? So classification of yeah, time? Well, the, yes, but well, I mean, the, the, the standardisation of it across Europe is recent, and indeed, the, the standardisation across the world. Are you is suggesting even more the builders
0: recent. of Stonehenge followed the Gregorian calendar? No,
2: but clearly, the builders of Stonehenge put some uh, import onto the point in the year at which the sun stays in the sky the longest because
1: that's stonehenge
2: is designed so that the yeah. sun right i don't think peter's disagreeing with that to be fair no,
1: no I'm, I'm not talking about that i'm talking about the gregorian calendar yeah
2: well the gregorian calendar <laughs> is totally ridiculous i mean it's bonkers it's 30 days in one month 31 in another random february randomly having 28 except when it's got 29 it's, it's ridiculous. It,
1: I mean, it, yeah, it's, I mean, it, it seems more imperfect than, say, the Julian calendar, which I think had 10 months each more equally spaced, but they, were, they weren't quite equally spaced.
0: Yeah, I mean, what's the alternative? Well, the, the,
2: um, well you've got a bit deci- of a problem. De- here.
1: Decimalized time. Yeah, like I think you've got a, bit, a bit of a problem
2: uh, here in that the, the the moon doesn't line up. I don't a have a problem.
0: You've got a problem because you're yeah, the one no. who's got yeah, to we, who's... We,
2: months months. If we want to like precisely define it, you have months that are based on the moon, which I quite like. That's that's quite a nice idea, yeah. And 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 a year that was based on the uh, obviously the passage of the Earth around the Sun. The problem being that those two just don't line up. You you can't have 28 day months mm-hmm. adding up to a 365 day year. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, however, you could imagine perhaps having a few weeks off at the end of the year, you know, a bit of a bit of uh, time which wasn't in any month where mm-hmm. you had to, you know, you had to sort of give up work and pursue an alternative hobby.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: I, I think the we've we've drifted off in a in a, in a way here, but I think the. You talked about it as a classification issue. I'd say it's more of a more of an issue about chunking and clustering here, which is, you know, how much do we want to divide something into, you know, when do we want what would a sensible definition? Would it be sensible to have 100, 100 months each of three and a half days? Right. Obviously not. That's too many. But could we just have two months? Well, that seems kind of superfluous. There is some optimal division of things, and it's there are there's some interesting. There's a very widely cited paper called the magic number seven, mm. and it's something that Peter and I have frequently noted. It crops up a lot in all kinds of different endeavors where you're clustering things. You're trying to say, you know, what how many, what are the threats to the UK that we need to worry about? You ask that question, you would probably find that that you somewhere between five and ten big clusters of things. And then, if you were to drill into any of those clusters, you'd find between five and ten subclusters. And um, if you look across at things like the way that militaries are organised, so um, typically uh, each layer of command um, subsumes uh, it's sort of somewhere between sort of three, four, five layers below it. So that you you get, for example, a brigade being sort of, sort of three or so battalions, a battalion being three or so companies, a company being three or so platoons, and so on. And this seems to be because we are. We have some kind of fundamental limit to what we can kind of perceive all at once, and and it seems that we can perceive between five and ten things at once as a maximum. But mm. but we can't perceive twenty things at once. We have an urge to cluster them up. So so you know you have three hundred and sixty five days in a year. What if we gave each of those days a separate name? Mm. Well, that would be really confusing. But if but if we uh, cluster by clustering them into months and and into weeks. We have a means of being uh, of, of of cognitively managing our understanding
0: of that length of time. Okay, so um, I actually, you said we're getting off off issue off topic here because we were talking about classification. You said really this is about clustering, but I don't think they're that far from each other, isn't it? Really, all we're doing, and a lot of I know what, a, a lot of what we talk about amongst ourselves all the time is all we're trying to do is apply order um, to the world around us. Which is not necessarily as ordered as we think it should be, and um, and that order, as Nick was just saying, helps us understand stuff. Is isn't that all we're talking about, Peter? I think that's a bit of it. I think the, there's, it's certainly it's
1: necessary to apply order. Um, take 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 for example computation and computer systems. You need to formalise time. In order for those systems to work, so you need, you need, you, we have international standards for how time is referenced in in computing. Um, so it's an aid to computation and to understanding. Um, I, I don't, I'm not sure how closely related the clustering thing is to that. I think, I think in terms of our computation in our own brains, then yes, there is definitely a. Uh, we, 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 we. It makes it easy to, to package things up into lump, lumps and say, well that these seven days are the first week in june and we can refer to the first week in june as a sort of collection of things mm. without saying without independently numbering them without independently referencing them nick um, yes, indeed. And I, I think um,
2: we... Uh, I was going to bring up another Borges story, actually. Mm. Uh, we talked about the Library of Babel twice before. Mm. Um, he also wrote a story called Funes the Memorious," which mm. is about a man who remembers everything in perfect detail, mm. um, every single experience he's ever had. Um, but uh, Borges quite astutely says right, that this guy, who, <laughs> for whom every single experience is utterly unique, is unable to think abstractly so for him there is no such thing as a dog there is simply lots of different experiences of a, of a dog mm. which which for him the the concept of explaining them all by saying there's a dog there would be meaningless and unnecessary so so Funes can't entertain the idea of a dog all he can do is entertain lots of experiences of a dog and and i think uh, that touches on something that we need you need to be able to classify and abstract and pull out the features of things in order to be able to make to identify you know recurring laws recurring scientific laws or everyday laws about the way
0: things behave okay um i think i think we've we've covered this one nicely i think we've answered it uh peter anything to say
1: I, yeah, well, I think the the, the it's a, it comes down to a capacity for computation. The the, the need to that we we seek order, I think, in the world because we have a finite amount of processing capacity. Mm. So we need to find generalized rules for to spot patterns. pattern. Pat, spotting a pattern it allows you to model the world in more in a more simple ways. Mm. So you can, you, if you have a pattern, then you can predict what might, is likely to happen next. So that 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 that, that reduces the amount of computation you need to do, if if you rather than having to compute all of your mm-hmm. sensory input, considering all possible all possibilities.
0: Um, uh, and one thing that you said, Nick, I quite actually like quite, quite like the sound of. I think you said it'd be impractical, but I like the sound of not having days of the week, okay, and not having weeks and months, and just having a year with three hundred sixty-four, three hundred sixty-five days each individually named, okay. I bet that has happened at some point in some civilization somewhere, and I've got a proposal, right. Which is we could have a new. You 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 said how much you dislike the Gregorian calendar. Here's a suggestion, albeit based on the Gregorian calendar, kind of. You could have the Aleph calendar, right? So, January the first is no longer January the first. It's now Aleph one, okay? Aleph two, Aleph three, all the way out to Aleph 364, and then once every four years is that wonderful all-day of days, three Aleph 365. I think that's a
2: really uh, boring system and I, it's a bit like
0: it's a bit like um it's a
2: bit like the the numbering of motorways in Britain which is you know it looks it has this sort of superficial resemblance of order but it's actually totally chaotic you know you'll yeah. be on the B4781 and suddenly you'll turn onto the A11 and it you know it, it's sort of it, pointlessly pointlessly uh using numbers Whereas it'd be much nicer if everything was called, you know, things, things like the old-fashioned uh, names like Wat, Watling Street or Pedder's Way, you know. And I think all, all we should get rid of all of those numbers. No, I'd, i I'd, I'd, I'd like that system as long as you know you had, uh, you, you were calling days things like you know, robust quadrant or angry peanut, so that they had their own quite,
0: uh, you know, evocative names. Okay, I thought um, you might go for my suggestion, but no. Um, do, you po- do you know how the Do you know how the postcodes are divided up in London? Uh, I th- I think it's, isn't it originally based on alphabetical order? Sort of. I mean, it's a really classic British system where, um, so let's say in one region, let's say where we are right now, you have north, so that's N. And I don't know how many um, different um, boroughs or how many districts there are, but let's say there are 20, for example. Then the the home, um, I think it's, you have like a head district within that. And that is always one, okay. Um, and then I think the others are then numbered by um, the alphabet of that district. So you've got a mix of systems. So your let's say your home, your home, um, let's say the chief district is called Zebra District, then that becomes number one. Is and that, then, so
2: is it? Are you saying it's N one because Mount Pleasant Sorting Office? Yeah, is there correct? If so yeah. it is, okay, interesting.
0: And then, but then the, all the others follow the alphabet, I think, of the district. Which is so when you look at a map, it just looks bizarre because it's they're just all over the place. And I, I think that's there's something. And very... yeah, and sorry. And yet, the kind of above it, there is some order because you've got NNWS, which does relate to region. So it's but, a curious mix. But mixture. the numbering inside turns out then to be totally arbitrary. Yeah, and, I, and I, there's
2: something very sort of 1960s about that. It's kind of oh, we we can't have these messy names. We need to replace it with a numbering system that's much more organised. You know, we can engineer society along scientific lines. And of course, you know, it just, you know, there's nothing wrong with postcodes. They're as good
0: as anything else. They're just a bit boring and illogical. But they're not, though, are they in this case? They're sort of a mixture of two. I think postcodes are fascinating, especially the London postcodes. Anyway, let's wrap it up there. Um, I think... Um, this was very appropriate to the cognitive engineering podcast. I think is exactly what we're talking about in this episode. I'm sure, this is exactly what we're talking about in every episode, but I really felt that on this one. So um, I'm Fraser McGrewer. Um I've been here with Nick Hare and Peter Coghill of Aleph Insights. Thank you for listening. Um, until the next time, bye bye.